this your first warning bell right now. You're going to be tardy if you don't get in your seat. If you're tardy, next time you have to make the announcements. <laughs> so you don't want to be tardy. Okay. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on this month. I'm going to tell you about some of it. The preacher's going to tell you about some of it. And Stacy's going to tell you about some of it. Before we get started, here's the preacher. Okay, we have some that are still sick, so we need to continue to pray for our church. Uh, but I wanted to, so Linda Cox isn't here this morning because she's still fighting a virus. Um, but I wanted to, we ha she had a birthday, and uh, and Carol had a birthday. There she is. And uh, Carol, I'm putting you on the spot, but we're going to sing happy birthday to you. Uh, <laughs> she said, oh, no. <laughs> so uh, you never ask a woman to raise, so you're 21, right? Okay, we'll take that. All right, well, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, you're so glad that I'm not the singer. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. I know how old she is. So for money after service, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. And of course, you know the money. When I get the money, I'm just going to go buy candy with it anyhow. So it <laughs> okay. Uh, December 15th, 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. That's when we have a our next men's breakfast, which we had one yesterday. Good breakfast. And we had some really good Bible study. So if you guys want to come and listen to some, to some good opinions and some good thoughts and some good ideas on the Bible, this would be the time to do it because nobody will knock you for what you thought and you have a chance to hear what everybody else thinks and see if you're somewhere in between. Uh, December the 2nd, 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall, that's just our regular Bible study and we have it twice a month. We have the first, the first uh, Saturday of the month. Then the third Saturday of the month, we have our men's breakfast, and we have about the last 20 minutes of Bible study. So you have two opportunities to come and hear that. Okay, here's something that is not in a bulletin. Pay attention. It's not in a bulletin. Can't tell you to go get it. Okay, we are going to give away turkeys to people that need them or want them, or if you know somebody that needs one, we need your help. By the first Sunday... In December, we have to have the names so we can get the turkeys and get them passed out. Okay, if you have a name of somebody or if you want to put your own name in, we don't care. This is absolutely anonymous. Nobody's going to ever know who gets the turkeys except for the two or three people that get them and pass them out. That's it. So if you feel like you want one or need one or you know somebody else that needs one, we don't care. They don't have to go to church here. We're all God's people. Everywhere we go, we're God's people. So we want you to get the name, and we need you to stick it in the uh, offering boxes outside, either side. That way, nobody knows. It doesn't come through. The, it doesn't come through the, the offering bag. We're not looking at it. There's only going to be two or three people, like I said. But it has to be by the first Sunday of next month, so it'll give us time to uh, get around and buy them, and make contact with the people, and get them to them. And we want to bless them with this. And this is missions work. So if you want to be involved in missions, stick a name in there and we'll get them a turkey. Okay? 
there are not going to be many times that I announce this because of the timing, but I want to be sure that everybody knows that it's not in the bulletin, and this is probably one of the very few times you're going to hear it, so keep that in mind, okay? Keep it in your prayers. If you've got somebody in mind, please, please, please put them in. Okay, November, that's past. No, no, November 19th, no service. That's tonight, okay? No service tonight. Uh, and then November 22nd, we're not having service. That's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And Ms. Kim McLemore has also said that they're not having youth that night. So uh, the lights are going to be out. You can come park in the parking lot and pray if you want to, but the lights are going to be out, <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> December 3rd, on the AM service, we're going to have a missionary here, Rebecca Howe. Um, I know a little bit about her, but I don't know much. If the preacher wants to talk about her in a minute, okay. So Rebecca Howe, she, she is a U.S. US missionary with the Assemblies of God. She's from Ardmore, so she's one of our own. And they do call backyard orphans, so they deal with orphans. And uh, we're going to have her. She called me. I don't normally do this at last moment. But she's one of our own. She's from our area. I'm not saying that she's, you get that, right? She's from Ardmore. So we want to support those that are not only Assemblies of God, but those that are from our area. So she will be here December 3rd to share what their heart is and what they're doing for the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but God loves the orphans and the widows. And he cares about them. So, um, and then as far as tonight goes, the reason why I'm not having a Sunday night service, that's family. It's family time. This is the time of Thanksgiving. I think it's important to spend some time with your family. So, back to you. Wait, you're a Texas fan, aren't you? Okay. Did Colorado win? So you get a half, instead of getting a full condolence, you get a half a condolence today because one of your teams lost. <laughs> All right. Um, December 3rd again, that night, we had, Okay, this is something else that he's going to tell you about because he knows a lot more about it than I do. It's the December 3rd is when the churches are meeting. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. I, I'm sorry that the announcements are going so long, and I've got a brain that's got a sieve that goes like that. But uh, So we're going to uh, – I've sat with some other pastors, uh, Pastor uh, Gary Gonzalez and Pastor uh, um, uh, David Gardner from New Hope Free Will Baptist Church, and we have, there's, a, there's a schedule rotation where we meet at other churches, and I want to get a part of that rotation. So uh, we're going to be meeting at New Hope Free Will Baptist Church that evening. I believe it's 6 o'clock is what it says on the bulletin. Does it say on there? So I will. Uh, uh, it's in my phone. I don't ever carry my phone, but I think it's 6 o'clock. We're going to meet there for a combined service. And we'll be on that rotation. So one of these Sunday nights, we're going to have other churches here on a Sunday night. So I believe in getting involved with the community and other, uh, other churches to reach the community for Jesus. So anyways, there you go. Thank you for reminding me about that. Uh, does everybody know where that church is at? Anybody not know? You go, you go up uh, Newport, Newport and turn right on Prairie Valley, and it's right in there, okay? So it's, it's not like it's a long ways off. It's, it's three or four miles out there, whatever. Okay, um, that basically is all of my announcements, but we have about 18 more. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Okay, hey, th this is kind of, everybody, everybody give a big hand clap for Stacy. She's coming up and making the rest of the announcements. <laughs> 
don't have I don't have 18 announcements. I do want to make it really quick though, because we got a lot going on. But like Pastor says, that means we're active, we're doing things, we're growing. So my first announcement is about the Christmas party we're doing Saturday, December 9th. I want to make sure everybody knows. Please come. We've got some fun games planned. We're going to have some fun Christmas food, too. And we're doing a white elephant gift exchange. And that's a fun game where everybody brings a gift. And we sit down, and it's the only time you're allowed to steal. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. So if you're coming, please bring one gift per person. That way everybody will get something. If you're going to purchase something, no more than $10. But you can bring something from home. Um, one year there was a cookie jar that everybody kept passing around from year to year, and I got it, and I loved it. So it doesn't have to be something that you got to go and buy. It could be a blanket that you made, a craft. It could be anything. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Okay. Next announcement is the church directory. We're updating it. And there's these little flyers out there on the foyer. If you could please fill out and update your information, put it in the offering bag when the offering comes around. The deadline to get it done is going to be Sunday, January 6th, um, because we have some things that we've got planned in the new year, and we're going to be sending things in the mail. So we need your addresses. Please, please, please get those filled out. Okay. Next thing we're doing to kind of piggyback on what Randy said about the turkeys, it's missions work. We want to reach our community. There's a neighborhood that we're going to go to, and we're going to do Christmas care bags. You've seen churches and places, they do things like the angel tree, uh, Christmas shoe boxes. Well, we're going to make up 20 Christmas bags, and there's items we're going to put in it, um, different canned foods, um, coloring books, coloring pencils for kids, and there's going to be paper outside on the, the foyer. If 20 people grabs one of these, then these bags will get filled, and we're going to fill them up um, by December 10th and then go out into the community, knock on the doors, and give these out because there's a lot of people that are in need. Things are really tight right now, and we just want to get out and we want to give. So that's that. Um, I'm making a mess up here. Uh, family Christmas dinner, Sunday, December 17th. Here's the sign-up sheet. It's called a family Christmas dinner. We want a cozy style type dinner. The church is providing the meats, and um, we're going to do different uh, sides and desserts. We want you to bring your favorite Christmas dish or your favorite Christmas dessert. Now, I put down, I'm going to bring Santa hats. They're strawberry filled with uh, whipped cream and cream cheese, and they're really good. So just different things like that, and uh, the more food we have, the better it's going to be. So please fill this out when you get out there. Okay. All right, one more, and this one's really important. The kids program and the youth are putting on a Christmas program Sunday, December 17th, and it's called a Candy Cane Christmas. We are going to do some great things with that. The church is going to look really pretty, but if you're involved in that in any way, 
in the back of your little insert that's in your bulletin is the rehearsal times. It is very important that uh, Saturday, December 16th, 10 a.m., anybody who's involved with it needs to be here because that's our official dress rehearsal. Lights, music, sound, action, everything. So if you want to help out with that, let me know. Please read this. There's a bunch of stuff in there, and I'm done, finally. <laughs> Are you clapping because we're almost done with announcements? <laughs> I've got one more. We had a family that gave, gave their life to Jesus this last Sunday. Well, they can't be here on Sundays, but they can be here on Wednesdays, and they got babies. So if any, we need nursery workers, those that want to volunteer for nursery workers. And so, uh, rotation, thank you for Kelly and Jared. How many babies did you have in there? Did you hear that? Several. So because of his work schedule, he can only be here on Wednesdays, but we need some nursery workers. So any young ladies that want to do it? Um, I've already volunteered my daughter. See, she's shaking her head. Uh, so anyways, okay, I want to get back to you. It's on you, Randy. So, I don't know if y'all picked up on this or not, but our preacher is prejudiced as he can be. Because he said, any young ladies that want to work in the nursery can do it. Also, any young men that want to work in the nursery can go. So, let's just, let's just be fair. <laughs> okay, um, that is basically all the announcements. Stacy took off all the preacher's preaching time, so he don't get much. He don't have, what, 20 till 12 already? My gosh. Okay, guys, let's go take the offering. Y'all come on up. Let's take the offering. Lord, we thank you for the time that we have. We come and seek your presence, Heavenly Father, because we know that you are always here. Lord, all that we do, we do to honor and glorify you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together and have fun and fellowship, not with each other only, but with you, Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that you will take this blessing, this offering, and bless it, Heavenly Father, and use it for the glory of your kingdom and for the people that praise and worship you, Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we just pray, Heavenly Father, that this time of year people's hearts will turn towards what's better and what's good and what is, and what is godly. And, Lord, we know that times are tough right now, so whatever... We take up in the offering, Lord. We know that you can take it and multiply it and, and make it go as far as you need it to, Heavenly Father. Thank you in Christ's precious name. Amen. Okay, y'all stand to your feet, fix and sing out.
sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. 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 Yes, Lord. We shout out your praise, God. Oh, we shout out your praise this morning, Lord. Yes, let's sing the chorus one more time. Oh, there is joy this morning. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. 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 Hallelujah. 
Our God is strong in battle. Our God can never fail. Through Him all chains are broken. In Him the sick are healed. And in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single mountain has to move. Faithful to your promise, finish what you started. There is none as powerful as you, Jesus. Jesus. We see the power of heaven. church awakened, singing in victory, and in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated, every single mountain has to move, you're faithful to your promise, finish what you started, there is none as powerful as you, and in the Jesus, giants are defeated, every single mountain has to move, you're faithful to your promise, finish what you started, there is none as powerful as you, be lifted higher, be lifted higher, we lift the sound of Thank you. 
in this house this morning, God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, just have your way, God. Have your way in your people this morning, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I Goodness 
things are good because you are good. Lord, we always have a wrong perspective sometimes of who you are. Father, I'm reminded that, Lord, when you put 
Moses in the cleft of the rock. You said all your goodness was going to pass by him. Lord, Moses got to see your backside. But we get to see your glory. Because you said that you fill your church with the Holy Spirit when they get saved. And the Lord, you said that we could receive the power and endowment of power from the Holy Spirit after we get saved. That's your goodness, your love. You're the God of love. You're abounding in love, slow to anger and abounding in love and compassionate and kind. That's the God that we serve. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We praise you, we honor you, and we lift you up this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. I'll dismiss the kids to go back at this time. been one of my favorite worship songs for the last month. <laughs> so, anybody got one of those songs, new songs, you just like, oh, you fall in love with, and you could really connect with God? That was the song this morning. So, well, good morning. Wow. Well, thank, thank you. You know, this is Thanksgiving. <laughs> good morning. Thank you. Well, we're going to look at uh, giving thanks this morning, and uh, God laid this on my heart this week. So if you have a Bible, go with me to, uh, to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. The title of the message is very simple. Give thanks. We're going to read the psalm and we're going to pray. Psalm 136. It says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is what? Good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in asunder, his love endures forever. Everybody getting a message of this? How long does his love endure? Forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. To him who led his people through the desert, his love endures forever. Who struck down the great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. To the one who remembered us in our lowest state, 
His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, His love endures forever. And who gives food to every creature, His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, His love endures forever. Let's pray. Father, as I share this message you've given me for not only this time that we celebrate Thanksgiving, that over 400 years ago the Puritans celebrated and came to this land wanting to be free and with freedom of religion to celebrate the God of gods and the King of kings, to establish us as a Christian nation. Father, I pray that this morning we will understand what it means to give and give thanks. Lord, oftentimes we're seeking your hand instead of your face. We're asking God, what can I get from you? Instead of God, what can I give to you? Lord, there's so many things that we need to be thankful for. God, I pray this morning as I share your word that it be the Holy Spirit speaking through me, that it would be your power, your anointing, your words, and your presence that they they sense here this morning. Again, I get out of the way so that you can work and speak. Speak again to all of us. Give us soft hearts to receive the seed of the word of God this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Just to give you a little overview of this psalm. You know, there is a theme in here that God's love endures forever. And we're to give him thanks for that. This psalm, most scholars believe, was written when Ezra read the scriptures for the first time after 70 years of being in captivity in Babylon. They'd come in with Nehemiah, if you've ever read the book of Nehemiah, and they were rebuilding the temple and the walls that had been destroyed because of God's judgment on Israel. Seventy years before, Israel turned their back on God. Apostas they committed apostasy against them. They they departed from their faith and worshipped idols and they, they, they didn't keep the Shemitah years. If you don't know what a Shemitah year is, they're to give the land rest every seventh year. And so for each of those years that they didn't give the land rest, God gave them captivity in Babylon. So after 70 years, they come back to the land and for 15 years they're building the walls. And Ezra, who was the high priest at the time, or a scribe, one of his servants found a scroll in the wall and he brought it to him and he goes, I don't know what this is. Can I tell you, church, a lot of people don't know what this is. And they bring a scroll to him and Ezra recognized that it was the words of God, what we call the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. The Greek translation is the, uh, 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 I hate that when my brain goes blank. Anyways, it'll come to me in a minute. I had it, and then it went out there. But Ezra saw the scriptures, and the people gathered around into the, it was kind of like a foyer area, kind of like a, where everybody stands into the courtyard. And as he begins to read the words of God, he would say, give thanks to the Lord, and the people would repeat, his love endures forever. And the word was Pentateuch. Sorry, thank you. So I want you to think about the history of this. They were in captivity for 70 years. They had a reason to give God thanks. They were home. Yes, the walls didn't look like they used to. Yes, the tabernacle and the temple was not like it used to. 
but they had freedom to worship God. They were no longer in captivity, but they were free. If you're born again this morning, you are free as the Son has set you free. So he starts off and he says, give thanks. Because God is what? Good. You and I need to give God thanks because he's good. They didn't know what I was going to speak on this morning, but God said it, that by his nature he is good. He's loving, he's kind, he's compassionate, and he cares about even the smallest, minute part of your life. Even the areas that nobody else knows about that you're concerned about, he's concerned about it. He cares for you. So give thanks because God is what? Good. During this Thanksgiving time, we give thanks, right? We have something to be thankful for. We have so much more than the rest of the world has. When I went to Saudi Arabia in 1999 with the United States Air Force, I had a chance to travel from Al Kars, which was a Prince Sultan Air Force Base, to Riyadh. And as we were driving, a lot of the people's houses were made up of blue tarps, the tarps that you and I cover our trash with to go to the dump. Alcars itself was made up of, of what I'd call a, a, a Midas Center. It was Muffler City. When, the, when this is one of the richest countries in the Middle East because of oil, yet their people are starving. And I, and I got to thinking how blessed we are here in America that God has been so good to us because his character is good. So what does good here mean? According to Strong's definition, it means good, better, well, goodness, goodly, best, merry, or beautiful. God is beautiful. God is best. God is well. He is goodness, and he is merry. He is merry. You know, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas after this Thanksgiving, and we call it Merry what? Christmas. Joyful. He is good beyond all others. Indeed, he alone is good in the highest sense. He is the source of good, the good of all good, the sustainer of good, the perfecter of good, the rewarder of good. For this, he deserves the constant gratitude of his people. That was Charles Spurgeon. Think about that for a minute. We need to give him constant gratitude. How many of us give God thanks? How many of us give God thanks for the difficulties in our life? Praise the Lord, that's good. A lot of us don't. So what good has God done? First of all, he gave us who? His son. Guys, that's the greatest gift, and we know this. But how many of us recognize that and remember that God gave the best gift that he could ever give? He gave his son. That every sin that we ever committed in this life was laid upon him on the cross. Every evil thought, every word spoken about somebody else in slander, every bad attitude. Anybody ever have a bad attitude? We're getting to that time of year, right? You're shopping. I'm not going to mention stores because I got in trouble for it, but there's certain stores that line things out in certain ways. And you get a little bit of an attitude. 
You don't have enough checkers. Right? See? Attitude. I get it. I've been there. Or a person goes to self-checkout with a cart that's completely full and you're like, why? There's no checkers. Jesus died for all those. He died for our issues, our sicknesses and our diseases. John 3.16, we all know it's for this is how God loved the world. Get that first part? We often miss that part. God loves us. He loves the person that's lost today. He loves the person that we can't stand today. He loves everybody. He gave his one and only son for that person and for you and for me. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest display of God's goodness was in the sacrifice, again, of his son. It is because of his goodness displayed in the death of his son that we are also shown or also show his love or mercy. Do you show goodness? Do you show mercy? Do you show love? Or do I? The King James Version of the Bible uses the word mercy instead of love. Let's look here real quick. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Some translation says, his mercy endures forever. The definition of the word mercy comes from the Hebrew word hesed, which means merciful or kindness. Mercy or pity. God took pity on us. Kindness especially is extended to the lowly or the needy or the miserable. Before we came to Christ, we were lowly, needy, and miserable. And we often forget that. That's why I like King David says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. God, make me excited again for you. How many of you are excited for Jesus? He's the center. He's the focus. That's what Thanksgiving's about. It's all about him. When the Puritans did it, who was it about? Giving God thanks for the harvest. I mean, think about how difficult it was for them. The Indians helped them, right? By the way, they didn't have turkey their first uh, Thanksgiving dinner. They had fish, most likely. I'm so glad we have turkey now. I like fish, but man, it just doesn't fit to not have a turkey. I remember Madden, you know, he'd go on the football. You know, football is always about Thanksgiving. But they'd stick that turkey in the head of all these turkey legs sticking out of it. I still remember that as a kid. Of course, the only bad problem about Madden is he was a Raider fan. But anyways, going on. The Webster Dictionary defines mercy as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. You and I deserve hell. We deserve punishment. But God showed us mercy. Where were you the day you got saved? God showed you mercy. You weren't looking for God. God was looking for you. He was the father looking to the prodigal son, running to you. I remember, you know my story about me getting saved. We were talking about this the other day at men's breakfast and how, you know, uh, 
I, I was born in Colorado, raised in Colorado, and, uh, you know, uh, a few other guys were from Colorado. Some had grown up or lived there most of their life, and we were just reminiscing, and I was talking about the house that I got saved in. And the day that I got saved, I wasn't looking for Jesus. I was out praying with my friend. And I believe it was the Lord's will for me to get saved that day. I really do. God looks at the heart. That's something to be thankful for. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not going to fry in hell. It's true. Where the worm never ceases and torments forever. We deserve punishment, but he gives us mercy. Jonathan Edwards, an American theologian and preacher in the 1700s, wrote, God is pleased to show mercy to his enemies according to his own sovereign pleasure. Though he is infinitely above all and stands in no need of creatures, yet he is graciously pleased to take a merciful notice of poor worms in the dust. You ever thought of yourself as a worm? I'd share a story, but I better not. I'd get in trouble with my wife. Nah, I want, it's, that doesn't fit. You know, sometimes I like taking rabbit trails, but anyways. So mercy in its simplest understanding is giving someone what they don't deserve. Again, we deserve hell, but God gives us eternal life when we place our faith in his son. Look at Exodus thirty-three nineteen. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. The ground of praise is here that it is characteristic of the supreme God, that he is a merciful being, that there is blended in his character eternal mercy with infinite power. More power might fill us with dread, more power, power mingled with mercy and able to carry out the purposes of mercy, must lay, must lay the foundation for praise. This is a psalm of praise. They're giving God thanks and saying, you are good because you are merciful. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is and was and always will be and who is still to come, the Almighty One. That is the God who lives forever. His mercy endures forever. He's the beginning and the end. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you need His mercy this morning, He has it for you. He has it for me. Yesterday, I have to admit, sometimes I get a little excited in traffic. And we were going to pick up our daughters from Sparks Camp. At least I'm transparent with you and I share with you my mistakes. Getting on I-40 and I get off on the Highway 1, I think it's Highway 18 to go towards Camp Sparks. And this guy purposely cut me off. And he drove forward and I put the gas pedal down. And Stacy had to put her arm back at me. I, am I the only guy that's ever done that? I'm being honest. I was like, oh, you're not going to do that to me. Boom. God had to have mercy on me. Thankful for a wife to put her arm back. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> God has mercy on us. Even when we don't realize it. 
The second reason why we give thanks is because God is the only God. Look at verse 2. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love or mercy endures forever. Giving thanks is connected to who God is. Deuteronomy 10, 17, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. You and I serve the God of gods. That is an exciting thing. We can either serve Satan, who's a little God, who is still God's Satan, and is subject to God and is destroyed already. He was destroyed on the cross. Or we can serve the God of gods. And if we're born again this morning, we serve the God of gods, who's eternal, who's again compassionate and love and slow to anger. You and I have the privilege of being made in his image. Think about that. The God of God made you and I in his image. And Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. I believe in the garden when it says God walked in the cool of the day. I believe it was Jesus walking in the cool of the garden of the day. Because he is the, he is the image of the invisible God. The one that would eventually die on the cross for our sins. I believe, this is my opinion, we won't know until we get to heaven. But I believe it was Jesus walking in the garden that day. And he knew what he was going to do in the future. In fact, God was the first one that created the skins or killed the first animal for sacrifice to cover over their sins. Because it says that they, God provided for them skins to cover their nakedness. You and I are made in his image. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God gave us dominion over the earth. Now here's what's interesting. We gave that authority to Satan, but who, we still have dominion over animals, don't we? I mean, sure, and if we were alone with a lion, it would eat us up. But we have lions and zoos. Right? We have them caged in. We still have dominion. We're made in God's image. Think of all the food that you have today. That's from God. Think of the clothes that you're wearing. That's from God. Think of the eyes that you have that you can see. That's from God. Think of the breath. I, I, I read that you and I take about, our heart beats 30,000 times a day. Our breath, I don't know how. It's like in the, it, I can't remember how much it is, but you and I breathe. We take in breaths, I don't know how many, it's like in the, in, in the thousands. And each breath is from God. Each heartbeat is from God. To think that your heart is a muscle and it can survive as long as it does, pumping that blood through your body. God gives you that. So God created human beings or man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You and I have the privilege, again, knowing the God of gods. Do you know the God of gods today? You can give thanks that you know the God of gods, the God that holds the universe in the hand, the God that gives you breath, 
the God that gave you the job you have, the God that gives you the finances to feed your family today, that's the God that you and I serve. And the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and owns everything, that is the God that we serve. That is something to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Somebody comes and messes with me, I just say, I know the God of gods and he's going to deal with you. That's why he says, pray for your enemies. Bless those that persecute you. So that the uh, 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 coals, burning coals would fall down upon their head, which is conviction. How many of you guys pray for your enemies? God, bring conviction into their life. God, help that guy that cut me off in traffic. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is who always was and who's still to come, the Almighty. I read that again because you have to realize that we need to give God thanks for who He is. Just think, we get to partner with Him. Not only did He make us in His image, but we get to work with God. God has given you abilities and you get to do that with Him. When I go through Walmart, you hear me talk about Walmart a lot. That's my place. Somebody says, man, do you live here? Well, when you have three, never mind. When you have three daughters and you're making lots of trips, you're going to be there. But that's a place to partner with God, to share the gospel and pray for people and minister to people. You and I get to partner. Number three, give thanks because God is Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. Verse three, his love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. The idea here is, is God is the Lord or master over all kings, princes, authorities, and rulers. If you serve him, it doesn't matter who rules this nation. It doesn't matter who rules the world because God is in charge of all of it. If you watch too much news, you're going to get depressed. Stop watching the news. Start reading your Bible and realize the king of kings is in charge. On his robe at, at, at his thigh was written the title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, when Jesus comes back with us, the church, the bride, we're going to come back on, on white horses, and on his thigh it says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Lord. He is the master. Is he the master of our life? Have we given him complete and total rule of our life? Our decisions, our plans, what we want to do. The Lord, a rule of all in authority, all kings, princes, rulers, he is the supreme over all. This is an attribute of divinity, yet this is ascribed to the Lord Jesus, thus proving that he is divine. Jesus, our Savior, is the Lord. The word Lord here comes from the Hebrew word, and I got to read it up here because it kicks it up, Adon, which means firm, strong, Lord, master, superintendent of the household of affairs, king. Can I ask you something? Is Jesus the superintendent of your household? Is he in charge? Does he make the decisions? Do you go to him for the decisions? Do you seek his advice? So give thanks that Jesus is our Lord and master. Oh, I went back too fast. Give thanks because God does great things. Look at verse 4. 
to him who alone does great wonders. Some translation says great things. What has God done? Look at verses 4 through 25 with me. We're going to go through this. To him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens. That's a great thing, right? God made all of us. Aren't you glad that God made you today? If you're not happy with the way God made you, start giving him thanks for it. Stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what he, you do have in him. We all have some kind of ability. We all have, have mess-ups, I'm going to be honest. I have one ear that's a little bit lower than the other ear. I found that out one day when I was shaving. I was there going, going like this. I was like, wait a minute, I got my sideburns right, right? And I went like this, and I went, wait a minute, that ear's a little lower than that one. That means this part of the head's slower than that. <laughs> what happened to me? If I focused on that all day, I would be a train wreck. I've just learned to even out the, the sideburns and not worry about the rest. That just means with one ear, I can hear a little better than the other. God does great wonders. He's created all things. In his understanding, he made the heavens. Remember the clip I showed a few weeks ago of, of that, uh, that star that what the NASA's uh, satellite got? And it's actually a hand with a wound in its hand, and it's, it's giving birth to stars. And it talks about Jesus creating and forming all things. How many of you guys like to look at stars at night? Now, I like to look at I just don't remember which ones are which. And my wife would go, that's Orion's belt. And I'm like, how do you get that out of there? It just looks like a bunch of stars lined up. Right? Or you look at Venus and Jupiter and you look at some of these other stars. Then every once in a while you see a satellite flying by. No, that's man-made. That's not God-made. God created all that. He created this earth for you and I to enjoy. Do you know the Bible says that uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon says that God created our work for our pleasure. I see some wives looking at their husbands for a minute there. Your work was made for your pleasure. Take a few months off. Remember when we had COVID? I got bored out of my mind. That's why I built a tree house. Right? You, you, if God made work for our pleasure. That's what the scripture says. So enjoy your job. But you don't understand the guys that I have to work with. No, but God does. And that's why he puts you there. So you can change them. Right? Let's go on. Look at this. Who's, verse 6. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Only God can do that. Who made the great lights. Man, I love it on a full moon night. It's beautiful. I was told recently, right, that the full moon does affect people. I don't know if it does or not, right? I know it affects tides and fishing. I'm okay with that. Hey, if it affects fishing, that means more fish. How about the sun to govern the day? You're cold, it's a winter day, and you go outside, and that sun comes out of the clouds, and you get that ray on you, and it's nice and what? Warm. God gave that to you for a pleasure. Or, or the sun comes out after it snows and makes the perfect snow to make a snowman for, with your kids. That's something to give God thanks for. It's the sun that helps your plants to grow. You, you get vitamin D from the sun. 
Recently, they were saying that with this last virus we had, that you needed lots of vitamin D. So I don't understand why they wanted to shut in because to be shut in means you weren't getting vitamin D. That means you need to go outside. Enjoy the weather. That's why in the summertime I lock my kids outside. I do. I'll, I'll get them water. I'll get them snacks. And I'll put all the electronics in there and I'll close the door and I'll take my keys and lock the door. Because the first thing that they want to do is go in there and look at the electronics. Enjoy what God has created. How many of you guys like to hunt and fish? Hunting season started. Oh, yeah. Being out in God's... God created that for our pleasure. How about this one? Verse 10. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. You might think, well, that's for the Israelites. It's for us too because that was a picture of what Jesus was going to do on the cross. When they took the blood, they put it on the, the doorpost and it was hyssop. The hyssop plant has water in it and they would take the blood mixed with water and rub it up on the doorpost and when you went down and to the side, it made what? A cross. And so hyssop... The hyssop plant carried water, just like when Jesus not only gave of his blood, but when they pierced his heart, what was released? Water. All symbolic of you and I getting saved, that the spirit of death passes by us when we get saved because Jesus has put his blood on the doorpost of our hearts. That is something to give God thanks for. Satan can't take you. You're here. You're the Lord's, not his. When Satan comes to attack you, you say, I stand up in the name of Jesus like I shared last week, right? That's right. Hallelujah. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. How about this one? And brought Israel out from among them. That was a miracle that God did that. How many things has God brought you out of? God has brought all of us out of Egypt because Egypt re represents the world. How many situations has God delivered you from? How many scary situations has he delivered you from? I remember one time when we had just moved up to Longview, I was, we had black, they had blackberry bushes everywhere out there, and I was running a, a Kubota tractor, and you know I ran heavy equipment for 16 years, so I knew how to run it, but the seatbelt I didn't know would unlatch. And I hit this bump, and it literally threw me from the tractor because the seatbelt unlatched. And I believe it was the Lord because I went like this. It's like some of you guys, have you ever seen those guys that are, you know, I watch Hopalong Cassidy. Anybody still watch Hopalong Cassidy, the old Western show? And how they jump from the side of the horse and jump back up on the horse. That's what I did with that tractor. And I stopped there for a minute. I go, how in the world did that happen? I'm a short guy. If you've ever been up on a tractor like that, that's like climbing up Mount Everest. And I'm serious, I flipped off that thing, bounced up and bounced back up in the seat, and I sat there for a minute. Of course, I put that seatbelt back on, and I was like yanking on it to make sure it worked. Sat there a few minutes to get my breath back because my heart was beating, I just looked up and I said, that was you, Lord. He got me out of a situation I could have died in. Then look at this, with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. He did it with his outstretched arm. Who's the right hand of the Father? Jesus to him who divided the Red Sea 
The Lord divided, it's a miracle. They have found the artifacts at the bottom of the Red Sea. They have found coral in the shapes of chariot wheels. At the, it's the Sea of Aquaba. It was the Red Sea that they called the Red Sea then. They have found chariot wheels in the shape of coral. The wood's gone, but the coral's still there in the shape of a, a wheel. They have found chariots. You can see the size, and they're all Egyptian. And brought Israel through the midst of it. What has God again brought you through? What is God bringing you through? But swept Pharaoh and his army into the rest. You know, Jesus is our defender. I shared this last week. If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, you think about this. The Israelites were hemmed in. They had nowhere to run. And when the, the Egyptians came running in, the only one that they could turn to was God, and God opened up a way for them to walk through it. And when the enemy went running after, they got out safe on the other side, but the enemy was destroyed in the water. Can I tell you this morning, whatever you're going through, God's going to get you through it. He's going to see you to the other side, and the enemy's going to be destroyed. His love endures forever. To him who led his people through the desert. Are you going through a desert right now? What did God do in the desert? He provided manna. Jesus says he's the manna that came down from heaven. He's the bread of life. You have all the manna you need and his name is Jesus. You have all the, the, the sustenance you need. His name is Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is manna. And he will see you through the desert. You're going through a financial desert. God will get you through. You're going through a health desert. God will see you through. You're going through some struggles. God will see you through. He's right there with you in the middle of the desert. And we all go through some desert times in our life. When Elijah was in the desert, in fact, Elijah was the one that prayed for, the, for it to stop raining. God provided the crow, which was the God that, one of the gods that the Israelites had turned to to worship. God provided a crow to bring meat to Elijah and provided a brook for him to drink from in the middle of a desert. What's that say? God will provide for you in the middle of a desert. Look at this. Verse 17, who struck down the great kings and killed mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance. Every land that the enemy has stolen, God can give it back to you. What the enemy steals from you, he has to pay back seven times. King of Bashan, they have found his bed, and it was like 13 feet long, by like eight feet wide. I mean, this he was a giant. He was part of Goliath's family. And yet, he was no match for the king of kings when the Israelites destroyed him. Guys, there is no giant that God can't destroy in your life. There's no giant that you're facing that he can't get rid of. It may be, again, a physical thing. It may be a spiritual thing. I don't know what it is, but God does, and God can take care of it. And sometimes he uses the devil to do it. Going on, look at this. Verse 22, an inheritance to his servant Israel, to the one who in, remembered us in our lowest state. Now, I'm going to go through all these real quick because I want to read these again when I went off. Give God thanks because he does great wonders. He made the heavens. He created the earth and the waters. He made the great lights. He made the moon and the stars. 
He struck down the firstborn of Egypt. He delivered Israel from them. He has a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Give, thank, give God thanks because he divided the Red Sea. He brought Israel through it. He destroyed Pharaoh and his army. Give God thanks because he led his people through the wilderness. He struck down the great king Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og of king Bashan. And give God thanks because he gave Israel an inheritance when it wasn't theirs. He freed Israel in their low estate and he freed them from their enemies. Do you know Jesus has freed us from our low estate? That's something to give him thanks for. He has freed us from our enemy. Once you were a part of the enemy of God, which was Satan, and now he's freed you from that. And he continues to free you from your enemies. I don't know, again, how he does it. God works in mysterious ways. He works in different ways, but he, he does it. He has a way of doing it. Is, Rick, is it okay if I share your testimony? He shared it in Sunday school, but a few weeks back, this is, God gets the glory. I want you to realize this when I share this story. No one person gets the glory, just God does. God dropped Rick in my heart. I was on my way home, and I, I felt like I needed to call Rick. And I said, Rick, I don't know why, but God wants me to tell you that don't worry about it. He's got your back. And I said, does that mean anything? He goes, no, not right now, not that I can think of. A couple days later, Rick had to go to the doctor. Didn't you go to the doctor and your chiropractor? Said there was, believed that there was a, some kind of disease going on with his back. Well, he goes back to the doctor a few days later, and what did they say? There's no disease. So God told me, God's got your back. He finds out there's something wrong with his back. He goes back to the doctor, and there's no disease in his back. I share that because God has got your back. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a banner, and that banner is love. That's why you can give him thanks. You're, we're going to be gathering around with our families this week, asking us, why should I give God thanks? Guys, there is always something for you to give God thanks for. It's all your perspective. What are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on what you don't have? What's bad that's happened to you? Or are you going to focus on what God is doing and can do and will continue to do in your life? It all depends on your perspective. Do you look at the glass half empty or the glass half full? I'm a type of person, I have one of those personalities, I sometimes think of the glass half empty. And God has to remind me to start looking at the glass half full because he's the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's in charge. We're almost done here. Hallelujah, I got 10 minutes left. You know what that means for a preacher. No, I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I love you, Brother Black. Look what he says, verse 24. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. Who gives food to every creature, including you and I. Do you know the food that you have on your table is from God? You may think, well, I work for this food. Well, who gave you the job? Well, I have these things. Who gave you the money to get those things? Well, I, I, 
I did, I did this, I did that. No, God did that through you, gave you the opportunity. And we need to give God praise for that. He feeds us. I, I don't know how many times I've been blessed how God has done that. I've prayed, God, I, I need this sunset. Guess what God does? He comes along and does it for me. That goes back to his goodness. You know, the, the $100 that that guy gave me at the store, remember that I shared last week. Remember with my girls at the store, Walmart? You know, this guy doesn't know Jesus from Adam, and I'm praying that he knows Jesus. And I mean that in a good way. But all of a sudden, he just comes over, and he hands me a $100 bill after seeing my girls were trying on clothes, and I'm figuring, well, how are we going to pay for this? We didn't, my wife was thinking that, I was thinking, we never said it to anybody. But he walks up and gives me, and he goes, well, I probably just end up, he, he earned that money from gambling. And he figured, well, I'll just give this away so that I don't go gambling again. So God used him to give us the money to bless us to be able to pay for it. And I said, are you sure about it? He goes, oh, no, I got three daughters. I get it. And I'm like, okay, that's a blessing. I walked over to my wife. I said, this is, she goes, I was just praying about that in my heart. I didn't tell anybody. I wasn't even praying. I was just worried about it. Because if you have three daughters, they try on about 50 pairs of clothes and they come out with one, right? And it's usually the most expensive. Finally, give thanks because God is the God of heaven. The psalm concludes with a call to praise, to praise the God who created and resides in heaven. Therefore, the final call to praise, which rounds off the psalm by echoing its beginning, does not name him by the name which implied Israel's special relation, but by that by which other peoples could and did address him, the God of heaven, from whom all good comes down on all earth. His mercy in providing heaven for his people is more than all the rest. Guys, God is the God of heaven, and that's the heaven that you and I are going to be one day. That's the place you and I are going to be one day. If we know Jesus Christ and we're born again and washed in the blood, we get to go to heaven. The greatest place ever where God is, where there's no more tears nor wailing, nor pain, nor sorrow, but only goodness and greatness and all that is God. In fact, Scripture says that all heaven is lighted from God. He lights heaven. We get to go there. Hey, that's one thing to give God thanks for. You may say, but I'm not there yet. No, but you will be one day. And when you get there, you go, hallelujah, why didn't I give God thanks earlier? He has reserved that for you and I. One of the reasons, again, we praise the God of heaven is that one day all believers will be there. Your loved ones that know Jesus, how, what a reunion that's going to be. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Let me stop there. How many of you have great expectation? Anybody have great expectation? How many of you got re get ready to go on a trip somewhere? You know, and you got great expectation. You get the nerves and excitement, and the frustrations of having to pack everything, make sure you got everything. But there's this excitement. To go. I love going on trips. 
I like to travel. If there's one hobby I like to do, that's just driving with my family in the car going somewhere, making memories. And then when you stop, you get to stop and see things. One of the things I want to see is that big, giant rubber ball they have somewhere. Anybody ever heard of it? In the United States, there's this place that's got this giant rubber ball somewhere where people took rubber bands and wrapped it around. There's a, man, wouldn't that be great to see? Hey, look, I got to see the rubber ball in America. Or the largest frying pan. Wouldn't that be great? I'm a weird guy. I'm one of those guys from the commercial where I have to read every sign when you go to the thing. And my wife's like, would you stop doing that? Remember that commercial? You're acting like your parents. And I stand in front of a sign. I got to read everything that's going on. Look at it. There's great expectation when you go on a trip. You get ready to go to see the Grand Canyon. You're expecting to see something great. Guys, do you have a great expectation for heaven? And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. We have rewards in heaven that decay can't get to. We have things in heaven that we, we, it's beyond our imagination and wonders. And it's kept for you and I. Hallelujah. God says, okay, this is, this is Marcus's over here. This is his. And he's building up rewards. All right, he just got a brand new counter. I don't know if that's how it works, but that could be a reward. Who knows? And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Hallelujah, it's going to be revealed to everybody. Hey, we get to have show and tell to everybody. Hey, look what Jesus gave me, right? God gave me this. I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me. He was so kind and gracious, even though I was a sinner that deserved hell, he reached down from heaven, opened up the door for me to get saved, and now look what he's given me. Think about that. I want you to think about that for a minute. You and I didn't deserve it, but man, that's how gracious and good God is that he even created rewards in heaven for you and I. And we're thinking, I deserve hell, but he decides to give me rewards. I've done that with my kids before to teach them mercy and grace. One of my daughters one time, it was one of her bad days, and I don't mean to pick on my, I, I, I got to be careful because I don't want to pick on my girls, but there was one day she just had a bad day. Any of your kids ever have one of those, you had with one of your kids, just one of those days and you just wanted to, oh, man, you, you wanted to pull your own hair out, right? And before you know it, you were both having temper tantrums. And I finally was just sitting there, and the Lord just said, show her grace. Show her my grace. So I stopped her, and I said, come on, let's go town. I don't want to do it. I said, no, come on, come on, come down. I literally had to pick her up and put her in the car. God has to do that with us sometimes. Pick us up, put us in the car seat. Snatch us in and say, stay. I've got something for you, right? So I took her to town and took her and got her some ice cream. What do you think happened? Her countenance changed. Her attitude changed. Her heart changed. That's what God does with us. He's got heaven for us. He's the God of heaven. One last scripture. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. I know we got a few minutes here. 
2 Corinthians. I'll make this quick. Is there any other scriptures after that? Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble for saying this is the last scripture when I couldn't remember. <laughs> Look with me in verses 1 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, that's your body, right? We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burden, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. What Paul is saying is he groans and moans for heaven. To be in God's presence. To be where God is. I would ask you this morning, if you're not groaning for heaven, ask God to give you that groan. Ask him to give you a hunger and thirst to be in his presence. To hunger for him and thirst for him. Verse 5, now it is God who made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the, in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from Are you making it your effort to please the Lord while you're here on earth, while you're still in this tent? Or are you making efforts to please Him in everything you do? I think I said that twice. That's good. Are you, are you making an effort to please him, to honor him while you're in this tent? Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We call that the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. The wonderful thing about you and I as believers, we're not going to be judged for what we did in sin. That's under the blood. But when we die and we go to heaven, we're going to stand before what we call the judgment seat of Christ. The Bema seat of Christ. And we're going to be judged for what we did for him. Did we do it with the right motives or the wrong motives? And so he says that we are to long for that day in heaven. So again, first Psalm 136 says this. Give thanks for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. We say that song and we give him thanks because of all those things we learned about this morning. We give him thanks because he's good. We give him thanks because he defeats our enemies. We give him thanks because he gets us through the storms and through the desert. We give him thanks because he has a place in heaven for us. Think of all the good things you can think of today and give God thanks. When the enemy begins to get you to focus on the negative things, just begin to say, nope, I'm going to focus on the good things that God has for me. Now, that doesn't mean you don't ignore some of the things that need to be worked on. But what it means is don't dwell on those negative things. Dwell on the things of God. Amen? Man, I think I about put you to sleep on the last part of this. Listen, God is good. So remember him this Thanksgiving and give him thanks for his mercy or his love endures. For how long? Forever. Let's bow our heads. Are you here this morning? First and foremost, do you know Jesus Christ? 
Is he the Lord of your life? Are you saved this morning? The greatest thing that you can be thankful for is knowing that you have eternal life. We're not promised tomorrow. Your life could be taken from you today. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you're not right with God, there is an eternal punishment. And you're going to have to face God one day. And you're going to be placed in what they call hell. And hell eventually is going to be placed in a place called the second death where the fire is never quenched and the worm never ceases. But God didn't design you and I for hell. That was designed for Satan and his demons. You go to hell because you decide to go to hell. But you don't have to today. You can know where you're going. You can, you can ask Christ to come into your life and be the Lord of your life, surrender your life, change your life, and you can have your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and know your destination is heaven. And that would be something to be thankful for. Are you here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved, but I want to get saved. I want to ask Jesus in my heart. I want to turn my life over to him. Are you here this morning? Raise your hand. Are you here? Anybody? Everybody's saved. One more time. Are you here this morning and you're not saved this morning and you need to get saved? You're going to have to give an account to God one day. You won't have any excuses. Are you here this morning and say, Pastor, I need to hear this this morning, that God's going to get me through the desert, that God's going to get me through the wilderness. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? I want to pray for you this morning. Father God, you know exactly who needed to hear this message this morning. God, I pray for anybody here this morning listening online or here in, in the service. If they're not saved, Lord, you're tapping at, the, at their heart. You're knocking on the door of their heart, waiting for them to open the door and invite you in to be their Lord and Savior. God, I pray right now that for those that are listening, if they're not saved this morning, begin continue to knock at their door of their heart. Draw them in, Father. No one comes to the Son unless the Father draws them. I pray, Lord, that they would surrender their life to you. Send people their way to share the gospel with them. Father, I pray for those that raised their hand this morning. The Lord are going through difficult times that are going through the desert or going through the midst of the, the in a sense, the Red Sea. That God, that you would strengthen them, encourage them, and you're going to bring them out on the other side. God, we thank you for everybody that's present here today and those online. I pray for a good Thanksgiving week with their families. I pray for safety, that you put your angels around them, guard them as they drive places, Lord, for to and fro, back and forth. God, I pray for protection. I pray for a good time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll see you next Sunday morning. We do not have Sunday night service tonight. God bless you. Have a good day.